This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, February the 13th. I'm your host, D.A., and breaking news in the morning, the Denver Broncos trade for quarterback Joe Flacco. Looks like it's a mid-round pick from the Baltimore Ravens who have their quarterback of the future and the present in Lamar Jackson. So John Elway takes another cut at trying to figure out that quarterback solution, something that has eluded him outside of the Peyton Manning signing. Will this be another Elway quarterback mistake? Let's listen in. Jeff Calkins on 92.9 ESPN Radio in Memphis. I do like John Elway. Instead of trying to fix this quarterback problem, he just goes and finds a, another guy that a team has given well, up on. Now, in fairness, it's very possible that he could go get Joe Flacco and then also draft, pick ever, you know, pick whichever one you like, right? Drew Locke. Right. We you thought know, he could do that last year, but then he tra- then he made the move to go get Case Keenum. He gave Case Keenum a, a, Brinks, a Brinks truck full of cash. No, I, that, that was not wise. That was clearly not wise. Mm-hmm. But if he if he went, and honestly, let's be honest, you don't like any of the draft the quarterbacks in this draft anyway. I yes, that's. I mean, that's you don't fair. want you don't want him to draft Drew Locke. You don't want him to draft Daniel Jones. You don't want him to draft. I mean, if you were a Denver fan, right, you would want that. I'm somewhat intrigued by Locke because I think Locke, I think Locke has the makings. He's obviously not the pure athlete that Lamar Jackson is, but like I thought most of Lamar's problems were like footwork. And I think footwork is fairly coachable. And I think if they keep working with him and they're patient with him, like I think Lamar Jackson can be a quarterback in this league where I think Locke has a lot of his stuff. It's just lazy footwork versus like Daniel Jones, like, I just think that guy has a popcorn arm, and he played for a great offensive mind at David Cutcliffe. But like I, I think that guy's like a fourth or fifth round quarterback in any other class. Right. Well, it'll be interesting. I don't. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the the choice there is if you're going to go for a established quarterback, it's either Joe Flacco or Nick Foles. Um, and I, I think we're all imagining that Nick Foles might end up in Jacksonville. Joe Flacco ends up in Denver. And uh, and it is it does feel like for the for the a guy who is a genius, um, John Elway is is running out of yeah. You only get so even if you're a genius, you only get so many chances to fix the quarterback situation. That's just true. Joe Flacco is an easy whipping boy. A lot of people will have question marks about him because obviously his play has deteriorated the last couple of years. He does not inspire excitement or enthusiasm because his personality is kind of bland and dry. But is he better than Case Keenum? I say yes. And are the Broncos good enough with competent quarterbacking to compete for a playoff spot? I say yes. They have two very good pass rushers in Chubb and Miller. They've got a running back now in Phillip Lindsay. They've got a very good defense. 
If I'm the Broncos, I feel like maybe Joe Flacco is all we need to get back into the postseason. And I don't trust John Elway to draft the next quarterback. And so I don't mind this investment at all if I'm the Denver Broncos or a Broncos fan. The Clemson Tigers are celebrating their second national championship in three years. But a curious story popped up this week for the Tigers, talking about the suspension of Dexter Lawrence and a few other Tigers players for the playoffs of the national championship game due to PEDs. Head coach Dabo Sweeney admitted that perhaps they took tainted supplements supplied to them by the school. 92.9 The Game in Atlanta, the morning show with John and Hugh Delvin. We know about Dexter Lawrence not playing in the semifinals and in the finals, and as it turns out, <laughs> they didn't need him because they destroyed Notre Dame and they destroyed Alabama even without him. Not at all. Uh, didn't need him at all. Uh, one of three players that w- was testing positive for a for a PED known as Osterine. And Clemson is now saying, and Debo Sweeney saying, uh, 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 we we might have given it to him by mistake. I would. I read that story, John, and. It was a little vague in the sense that when he mentioned it, he said it was possible that something to the effect that it was possible that they could have given it to him. Okay, if that's the case, then you should know exactly what it is. You should know exactly the source. It didn't sound like from reading the story that they 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 sourced out where it came from. That's the issue that I had with it. Like like you know, as as a uh, as a former professional, and as somebody who who works out now, and you know is. Kind of, I, I pay a lot of attention to what I put into my body and how it affects my body. You should know what 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 you're taking at all times. You should know what you're taking at all times. So for me, it it, it just kind of it was a little bit kind. It was kind of weird that they couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. I don't want everybody to go all conspiracy theorist here. Okay, I just don't want you to do this on this story. Look, Clemson doesn't need to do that kind of cheating to win. They, they, they've got a phenomenal football program with phenomenal athletes. However, which is now now I'm going to backtrack off that a little bit, it does throw a little shade on them to the degree that people are going to go, wait a minute now, so if those three, what about the I mean, they're going to get that, Hugh, whether it's true well, or not. Well, it makes you wonder because there's so many, uh, you, you're supposed to, there's so many supplements out there that you could take, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff isn't regulated that you put into your body. And any good coach would tell you, hey, man, be careful about what you put into your body because you can test positive. And the one thing that I was always told, especially when you're taking, like, protein supplements and things of that that nature, because the hoppers that they put that stuff in to mix it, they don't normally clean those out. Like, they're, they're not FDA regulated, so they don't clean out those hoppers. So, say, for instance, if you're, if you're taking creatine and they mix something in the same hopper that they mix, say if they mix protein powder, in the same hopper that they're mixing the creatine. All right. They don't clean those out for the most part. And that means that whatever's left in that in that protein will get into your creatine, and you it's a good chance that you could test positive taking that. So you have to be very, very careful about what you put into your body. But when I heard this story, the first thing I thought of was, well, how you not know, how do you not know what exactly was pinpointed that the players were taking? Because this is from from what I read about this Osterine. It's pretty specific. It's pretty specific in the sense that you can't just – it's not like it's in a lot of products mm-hmm. that you – it's not in a lot of products, and I, I think the purity of it was, was kind of high. So you kind of have to know. 
You, I mean, you kind of have to go get that from somebody. Yeah, and, and I, I, in a way, I feel sorry for Dexter Lawrence if, in fact, Clemson did it and he was unawares of it or these other players that they didn't get a chance to play in those games because, frankly, do I think that whatever this Osterine is that, that it made it Dexter Lawrence? I don't think so. Don't feel sorry for him, John. He's going to get paid regardless. Like it, it, it's <laughs> yeah, not he may like be a he's Falcon. Not, he's not missing any meals. Yeah, this is not know. in any way, shape, or form. But let me ask you this going question. To, to hurt him. At least for now, it doesn't feel like this story will tarnish the championship of the Clemson Tigers, that they were so dominant, they were so good, they were undefeated, that you could not take anything away from the success that they had on the football field. But this is a real odd story because a program like Clemson that has been built into a powerhouse, I'm sure has a few skeptics around the country wondering how they could have been that dominant over Alabama. And I'm not saying that other guys are doing PEDs, and that's why, but when you have PEDs associated with a program that has had such a fast ascent to dominance in college football, people will try to use that against you, especially on the recruiting trail. And Clemson needs to jump out ahead of this very early and very defiantly because if you're a football player at Clemson, you certainly don't want your reputation taking a hit and your eligibility taking a hit because you were given something by the school that ended up being illegal. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and yet nobody wants to talk about that in baseball. People want to talk about where Bryce Harper and Manny Machado will land and why it's taken so long. Jamie and Stoney on 97-1, the ticket in Detroit. Forget the Tigers reporting to Lakeland. The question is, should we feel bad now for Harper Machado and the 100 free agents that remain unsigned? The fact that these guys aren't signed is, is crap. It is crap. Now, you want to blame the owners for yes. being fiscally responsible? They're not, not being fiscally responsible. Hold on a second. Some of them don't want to go into the luxury tax and all that stuff that they have, okay? That's number one. Number two, and I don't know how many others besides this guy, Bryce Harper did turn down, right, allegedly 10 years, $300 million from the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to feel sorry for poor little Bryce Harper. He only got offered $30 million to stay with the Nats. F you. you seriously. You're, you're getting paid a lot of money, offered a lot of money. So sometimes it's the market. The market some years in anything. It's not just baseball. It's not just sports. Boy, look at the stock market sometimes. A lot of things that you do business, sometimes the market, supply and demand changes. And, and sometimes... Owners don't want to pay a lot of money, especially these 10-year deals. I know Verlander's saying, well, you know, now Harper and Machado are in their primes, you know, 10-year deals between 28 and 38, you know, would be pretty good. Yeah, maybe it would. He's got a point. But how about the the Cabreras of the world and the Pujols of the world? Those guys were saying, yes, later than 26, 27 years old. How's that working out? Stoney, I always think of you as a pretty smart guy, but I, I can't believe you're being this dumb right now. I really can't. What? <clears throat> I have to clear my throat for this. The market is being artificially affected. It's not a free market. A free market allows people to buy and sell as they please. Yes. And it allows certain teams to p- behave a certain way and other teams to behave different right. ways. Clearly, clearly, this is an effort on the part of Major League Baseball owners 
to drive down the maximum that they're playing for, paying for players. It started last year with J.D. Martinez, and now they're doing it more this year. So there's, a, I believe, a collective effort on the part of the owners to say, okay, these salaries are getting out of hand. And maybe they are. Maybe they are getting out of hand. They probably are, okay? But to me, the, to bring up uh, Albert Pujols and to bring up Miguel Cabrera is disingenuous because Machado and Harper aren't at that point in their careers. I, I, I their mentioned, best I said years that. may still be ahead of them, I whereas said, with Pujols and Cabrera, it was pretty clear the moment they signed those contracts, they were well beyond their prime, or at least at the tail end of their prime. Correct. Let me put it that way. Uh, the point which I stated, I understand that. But still, I still think these owners don't want to spend this money on 10-year contracts for these guys. They just don't want to. Okay, but the players I just listed off— I would argue the only ones who are looking for longer-term contracts are Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And I don't think either one's looking for a 10-year contract, okay? Now, one of the teams that's apparently interested in Bryce Harper, the San Francisco Giants, want to give him, like, a three-year contract. He's not doing that, and I don't blame him. I mean, if you're Bryce Harper and you've put up the numbers he's put up, why would he do that? But, I mean, Craig Kimbrell? He's not looking for $10 million. He's not looking for 10 I mean, he's looking for $10 million. He's not looking for 10 years. Right. And it does raise the question to me, at least the thought has crossed my mind, and I said this last year when J.D. Martinez was still a free agent well into, what, February at least, right? Why shouldn't the Tigers sign him? And the point was, well, the Tigers aren't going to be expending any money, and by the time they're good again, he won't be effective. Okay, maybe that's the case. But you, you can't say the same about Manny Machado. True. Manny Machado is going to be a frontline infielder for at least five years, which the Tigers hopefully will be contending in that window. Oh, there's nothing better than a good old-fashioned sports talk radio host crying. <laughs> I'm not going to feel sorry for poor little Bryce Harper. He only got offered $30 million to stay with the Nats. F you. I can listen to that forever. <laughs> Mock crying in sports radio will always make me laugh. Always, especially when we're talking about millionaire athletes making tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to play baseball. I'm always in on that. So give me more. Give me it all. Fake mock crying. Poor little Bryce Harper. F you. It's hard to feel bad for Harper and Machado because they're ultimately going to be just fine. But it is a very weird situation where all of these different confluence of events have now stacked up against two of the premier free agents in recent memory to keep them unsigned heading into spring training beginning. Ultimately, they'll have jobs, but it's pretty obvious. The entire reality around what is valued in baseball has changed, and those guys are essentially caught in the crossroads of that. The question also is, unlike football where a quarterback can change your entire dynamic and one star player can change your entire NBA fortune, it's not really the same in Major League Baseball. I mean, a non-playoff team adding Bryce Harper doesn't automatically become a playoff team. How much is he truly worth in changing wins and losses? Former Major League Baseball manager Bobby Valentine joined Dan Cilio in 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. Is it even worth signing a superstar? 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Do you really need one of these giant stars? Or is it just more about filling seats when you have one of these guys? Because it just doesn't look one guy makes a difference like it does in the NBA when you sign LeBron James. I don't think the one guy makes a difference in those short series, but it does make a difference with your overall uh, mentality of your team and performance of your team over the 162-game season. You know, that, that one guy can can give you strength when you need it. That one guy can give you attendance when you need it. And it can give you that star power, which uh, is always a good thing when you go into a city and it's your team that people are coming out to see. Is it more important for you now as a manager to build your bullpen up than, say, your starters? Yeah, yeah, it's more important because there's less risk and um, it's a lot easier to deal with um, you know, a guy who has a two-year contract, if in fact he, he gets injured or, or loses that that tense that you need to, to perform at the high, highest level. Um, so, yeah, you, you're going to see the, the starting salaries go down, and then you're going to see the, the relief pitchers' salaries come up a bit, but what you're also seeing is you're going to see the multiple player, you know, if a multiple uh, position player. If in fact Otani didn't get hurt last year and and he was able to go the entire season as a, as a pitcher and a hitter, I think you would see 15 or 20 uh, players out there who would be pitchers uh, who also play or players who also pitch. And what that will do is then bring down the value of the relief pitcher. Uh, so it's it, you know it's a smart system that's uh, being worked by the uh, owner slash management side to maximize profit, and it's um, it's behoven t- to to the uh, players association to uh, bring back Marvin Miller, you know, to get somebody strong at the helm of uh, that players association union, so that uh, they they can regain some of the strength that they had in the past. Right now, they are. They are just slipping away. Absolutely. You know what? You know who said that yesterday? I think it was yesterday, Jeff. Rod Dibble said this on our show yesterday, Bobby. He goes, you know, when David Furr and those guys were, you know, they they were the most powerful uh, union in all of sports. What Tony Clark has done is they've, like, surrendered some of this strength here, and it just just doesn't seem that the Players Association – Really is. I, I don't want to use the the terms backing the players, but they just don't seem as strong as they once were. Do you agree? Oh, uh, without a doubt, that uh, ownership has imposed unilateral uh, uh, rules and um, you know made made decisions without um, the the players' approval. And I think that's going to continue. You know, that I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think that. The collusion will ever be proven again because, um, you know, every, everyone now deals with metrics and uh, it's a very easy sell to say that everyone's using the same metrics and that's why they're all thinking the same. And 
you don't have to talk to one another in order to um, to have the same mindset. Uh, right now, they're they're up against the player associations, up against the juggernaut, and uh, the the owners are they actually know what the heck they're doing, and they're they're working in, in a, on a very strong um, level right now. See, that's another really tough spot for Harper and Machado. You do not automatically have enough at-bats or enough chances to change the fortunes over a 162-game season. There's just not enough that one player can do in your lineup. There's not enough that one pitcher can do in your rotation. There's not enough that one pitcher can do in your bullpen. You need a full-on roster, and one guy doesn't do that, and that's another reason why Bryce Harper and Manny Machado simply don't have the interest they thought they would have on the open market. College basketball, everybody talking about Duke and their huge comeback over Louisville. But how about another ranked team with a huge conference win? That would be number 18 K-State that beat the Texas Longhorns and now sit atop the Big 12 standings. We know that every single year, Bill Self's Kansas Jayhawks team, they win the Big 12 regular season title every single year. Sometimes they share it, but every year for almost 20 years now, they win the Big 12 regular season. But will that change this year? The Wildcats are making their case. Here's Sports Radio KFH in Wichita. Let's listen in on Sports Daily. Penn State may be, may be the best yeah. team in the Big 12, uh, top to bottom, especially when you get this point in the season, Bruce, where we both talk about shortening benches, sometimes by mm-hmm. necessity, sometimes by right. just trust factor. But even without Jada, the Big Five, what they're left with basically for K-State was plenty good. And I, I think Texas only had six or eight baskets in the second half, and they kind of had their way in the first half, and they shut that off like a faucet. They did, and uh, that's who Kansas State is, and you're right. It bears some repeating. They rebound, they defend, they don't get flustered, they're, uh, they don't get hurried up. It's difficult to hurry them up, um, and they have just enough offensively mm-hmm. from guys on the court that can go get you a basket from Wade to Brown, uh, Stokes last night in particular. So they've got guys that can go and get you a basket when you need it. And it's um and it's pretty impressive. I thought last night was a very uh kind of it it wasn't ho hum, but it was one in very typical K-State fashion, mm-hmm. just kind of hanging with them through the first half and no big deal. I mean, here we are and then gaining the lead in the second half early then kind of just by baby steps building that lead and not allowing Texas to be a part of the game. Well, keeping them out of the paint. They, they, just, killed, yeah, they totally. killed them in the paint in the first half, and then they made them jack up 11 threes in the second half. They finished four out of 19 from three. And K-State, they're never going to play high-possession games. When they make 55% of their shots, oh, you got, you got virtually no shot. Yeah, you really don't. Yeah. No. You really don't. So uh, agreed, and 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 that was atypical. They don't shoot the ball that well, right. but they happened to last night. You brought up a good point, um, though. I think uh, as much as we talk about K State's defense, and we should, they when it gets down on the shot clock, or if there's a, a run by the other team, 
there's multiple places K-State can mm-hmm. go to get a basket. And it's right. it's not just Dean Wade, although he gets a, a fair amount of the attention. I was impressed with Xavier Sneed last night. The way he I shot. thought Xavier Sneed was really good last he night. He sure was. Stokes, Sneed, I mean, every one of those five guys, and I guess they went, would they go, five and a half, something deep maybe last night? Yeah, not, pretty not much. Not very deep, Mm-mm. pretty much. But every single one of those guys had a moment, had a, had a pretty good offensive moment. Some had more moments than others, but every one of them had a key or a an important offensive moment in that basketball game. And and uh, and that's what experience and um being around the block, you know, a bunch of times does for you or should do for you. Now you got to have the talent too. Um but they've got the combination of experience and talent and toughness. Um it's a, it's a it, they're a tough out. I mean, at some point, the run is going to end, right? I mean, we're talking about 15 years in counting of the Jayhawks winning at least a share of the regular season Big 12 title. So here is to the Wildcats of the world. Here is to all of those teams of the Big 12 trying to knock off the Jayhawks for years, unable to win an outright Big 12 regular season championship. Right now, the Wildcats are a top 20 team. They get a quality win over a quality opponent in Texas. And right now, they look down on Kansas, a good place and a rare place to be in college hoops. And finally, the NFL offseason is in full swing. We mentioned the Joe Flacco trade earlier in Around the Dial. How about now the Dallas Cowboys looking to make a move on their defense? All Cowboys fans have pointed at Earl Thomas, former Seahawks safety, as the answer to their secondary problems on a very good defense already in Dallas. Sean and RJ on 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Should the Cowboys be all in on signing Thomas? I don't care what Stephen Jones told the G-Bag Nation, and he did say, quote, I think our hands are going to be full paying our own guys. People may not like it, but we're not big advocates of free agency. I don't think we make our living out here paying for free agents. I don't see that being the case, especially because we got some really good football players on our team that need to be paid. Now, RJ and I are on totally opposite ends of this. Uh, He is out on Earl Thomas. I am in if Earl makes a little concession. If it's all about being the highest paid safety in football and being up there with a top two or top three contract, no thank you. You know, I, now he, he's 29 and he's going to be 30 this year. As soon as that number three hit, RJ, I think, is out on it. But if he's willing to give a little bit of a break, I have to have this defense try to be special and elite until I know that this offense can click and win a game on their own if they need to. I don't have that confidence right now. So I'll take the Mike Bassick formula in order for the Cowboys, and really I think it's kind of a formula that we can all see, but if the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, it's got to be with a lockdown defense that creates turnovers and special plays. They don't have that right now. They have a very good defense. They don't have a special defense. They don't create turnovers. There's a lack of picks, and I still think Earl Thomas for two years is very capable of that. He just needs to cooperate with the money. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, he, he's going to want a lot of money. Kavanaugh said this yesterday. He'd rather have signed Byron than Earl. I mean, yeah, that's pretty, I think that's pretty obvious. Right. But, like, the the question is, and this is where, like, the Patriots kind of figure it out. They got a lot of depth on defense, right? They don't have any stars. They got a lot of depth. So, 
the thought is. Let me, you, let me let me backtrack on that so I don't sound totally dismissive. We all agree that you would rather sign Byron than than Earl, right? I mean, Byron is correct. Twenty six, correct. Yeah, I, I thought he was even younger. And I think his position's more far more valuable. Twenty six in a corner. Yes. Yeah. So, like the thought is, you know, you could do one of two things: you could sign Tank and Earl and and try to beef up your defense, or you could not go after either one of them and take that thirty million dollars and sign a ton of players on the defense, a ton of depth guys. Cut the whole bottom half of your defensive roster and just upgrade them. Not, I was saying cut. It's who's you know, going to rush the passer? Get a group of guys. I mean, you know, the, the Patriots didn't have any pass rushers. I mean, look how many times they got to the quarterback in the postseason. You know, it's if Chris Richard I'm is not, this great I, defensive coach, then he'll figure out a way to get his guys to the, to the. I'm not depending on Randy Gregory and Taco Charlton. There ain't no way in hell you're going to convince me of that. And you're going to have to sell me that the Patriot formula can be duplicated here in terms of getting the quarterback and pass rush. It, it's still Randy hasn't earned a, a little bit more of your. No, I understand. Randy hasn't earned anything. The only thing Randy's earned is another rip. If you. <laughs> Earl Thomas makes you better. Earl Thomas wants to play in Dallas. Earl Thomas is a difference maker. If you're the Cowboys. Go get Earl Thomas. Should be as simple as that. Dak Prescott is good in the postseason. He's very good. But we don't know if he can carry a team offensively. We know that defense can carry that team because we saw that last year. Thomas adds another piece of that puzzle defensively to the Cowboys. I think he's still got good football left. He was a pro bowler in 2017 before he got injured in 2018. Pay that man his money. And before we go, can we just get a little more taste of a sports talk radio host mock crying? Because I love that. I'm not going to feel sorry for poor little Bryce Harper. He only got offered $30 million to stay with the Nats. F you. He only got offered $30 million to stay with the Nats. Leave Brittany alone. F you. Uh, it's just good eating. Poor little Bryce Harper. That's the best in your sports talk. This is Around the Dial for Wednesday, February 13th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 